What do you think? I'm Al. And I'm C. And today we are reviewing the horror movie that's kind of been the talk of the town since Barbarian. A Smile from Paramount Pictures. Yeah, and I actually... Al, I know you really like Barbarian, but I think more people are talking about Smile, to be honest. Well, you know, I, I, I do think that's true just because Smile had like a ad campaign, a marketing campaign that was just all in. Yeah. Um, like, for God's sakes, we started seeing the trailer for Smile, like, I think like in late July, if I remember yeah, correctly. Th- folks, as we've mentioned before, we've seen a lot of the same trailers over and over again. This was one of them. We just kept yeah. seeing it. Yeah, no, we totally did. Um, So Smile is a mid-budget horror film. Uh, it's the I think it's the first feature directed by Parker Finn. It's it a, is. It's based on a short film of his. Yeah, he did that. Uh, what was it called? Uh, Sophie hasn't or Laura hasn't slept, mm. uh, which uh, basically was which basically is the if, if, this isn't a spoiler. The entire first uh, first scene of the film is basically that short film, if I'm understanding, with even the same actress playing uh, Laura. Uh, oh, I didn't know yeah. that. So, again, this is a mid-budget horror film, which means that, you know, uh, we don't really get an A-list cast. We get a... Not that that's a bad thing. No. Uh, It's a bunch of, like, you know, very good character actors. Sosie Bacon, daughter of Kevin Bacon, and uh, Laura Sedgwick, if I'm not mistaken. Jesse Mm -hmm. T. Usher, who most people know as... um, Oh, man. As A-Train on The Boys. Uh, uh, I was going to say... Okay, never mind. Yeah, and uh, Cal Penn. Uh, Cal Penn, yeah, sorry. He's, he's the biggest name in this movie, actually. Oh, yeah, you're right. He is. Yeah, he's the biggest name. Uh, then we have uh, Kyle Gallner, Gallner, who plays, you know, the prerequisite cop of, of these types of horror movies. He plays he, a teenager in a lot of different horror movies, oddly enough. Yeah. Um, when, when he was a child actor. Uh, apparently, he was in the, the Scream that came out this year. I never got a chance to see it, but you know, so yeah. And mm-hmm. the other, you know, in these types of movies, there's always like that uh, one, like either a lister or close to a lister who ends up just having just a scene. In this case, as I said before, Cal Penn, but we also have Rob Morgan, who most people would mm-hmm. know as uh, kind of that uh, drug dealer from, uh, no, he wasn't a drug dealer, he was like an arms mm-hmm. dealer in all the Netflix Marvel shows. Um, he was in Mudbound. He's in Winning Time. Wasn't he in um, the People versus O.J. Simpson? He played Johnny uh, Cochran. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's he by the way, he's great as Johnny Cochran. It's yeah, freaky. yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, no, that's like, that's where I first realized who he was. I was like, oh wow, he's damn. He's also in This Is Us. I think he plays like a councilman or something in This Is Us. But uh, oh, he was in the photograph. He was the he was the the elder version oh, of the yeah, primary love was, interest. He was the guy. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. He was really good in that. Well, no, really. he's he's overall he's a very good character actor who gets yeah. paid top dollar to be in like a quarter of a movie, which is a shame. Yeah. He should be in more. So, uh, Susie Bacon, um, you know. I know her. She played a love interest in season two of Narcos. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, most people are like, oh, that's Kevin Bacon's kid. Uh, she was also in Mayor of Easttown, if I'm not mistaken. She was in Mayor of Easttown. She Who'd was she in, play in that? Uh, she p- played Carrie. Carrie Layton. Huh. Um, okay. Also, uh, she, I th- her first big thing was 13 Reasons Why. She played the character Sky Miller. 
um mm. and she had a bit role in the scream tv show so we have two people here who were in, in scream projects mm. um so see to open up discussion on the film I guess, uh, you know, we've been reviewing a lot of horror movies recently. I mean, it is. I mean, it is. It, let's. Yeah. It's, so it, it's the spooky I guess time. my question would be out of everything we've seen, what were you where were you expecting Smile to be? And what was like, what were you expecting? Like, were you expecting Smile to be the best horror film of the year? Were you expecting it to be kind of middle of the road? What were you kind of expecting in comparison to everything we've seen this year? So to be honest, I was expecting Smile to be really a a pile of hot garbage, to be honest. I just thought it was... So it reminded me of that really bad horror movie, Truth or Dare, that came out like maybe a couple years ago. Oh, yeah. Because they also made that weird smile. So I couldn't get that out of my head. So I was like, oh, this is going to be terrible. This isn't going to be good. And then like the trailers just kept making it seem so strange. And like, so I, I I had judged the book by its cover and written this off completely. Like I was prepared to not even see it. Mm-hmm. For this podcast, I was like, I don't know. It's like, I don't have a huge interest in this. So I really thought it was going to suck. Um, you know, I, hard. <laughs> you know, um, there are very, like, I, I, I don't necessarily believe that, like, one studio, like, or like the studio a movie comes from will determine, like, its overall quality. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, people say, like, oh, well, if it's from Disney, it's more likely to be good or if it's from warner brothers it's more likely to be interesting Mm -hmm. um but you know paramount in terms of horror i mean look when when paramount releases a movie where there's no big name attached to it Mm -hmm. um you know like off the top i know this is a weird comparison off the top of my head uh uh clifford or uh that is a very weird comparison i i'm sorry but go on but you know what i mean a movie where you're like oh there's no a-listers in this it's kind of just going by it it, it's selling point is the genre um you know i always feel like it's hit or miss with paramount like sometimes you get clifford the big red dog which is you know a kid's film go like kind of selling the the property and it's kind of like uh, mediocre or other times you get like Sonic the Hedgehog, which has no A-listers attached to it, but it sells itself on the property. At, or well, actually, that's a lie. Uh, Jim Carrey is obviously an A-lister. Yeah, I was about to say. Uh, yeah. So Sonic the Hedgehog is not a good example. Um, but, you know, then you get other Paramount movies where you're like, there's no big name attached to it. Uh, but it still ends up being like a pretty, pretty good time. No, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. Uh, I feel like Paramount does this more than the other studios where they're like, uh, yeah, we don't need like a list leading actors or, or known talent, but they do this for really safe genre projects. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. Trick. Yeah. Like, like horror kids, movies, stuff that they're like, there will be butts and seats. Um, so I'll be honest, I didn't think of truth or dare off the top of my head, but I thought to myself like, well, this is a, this is a first time, well, sort of a first time director, or at least his first big feature project. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone in the cast is like in TV shows, uh, streaming TV shows, but TV shows nonetheless. 
Yeah. And the ad campaign is just really in your face. Literally. So, yeah, I kind of had that same idea as you that, okay, this probably isn't going to be that good, which is a shame because, I mean, 2022 has been a pretty damn good year for horror, I, I have to say. Well, it, and we can get into this in an, either later in this or in another yeah. episode. It's been a weird year for movies, but whenever it's a weird year for movies, usually it ends up being a really good year for horror, typically. Yeah, yeah, that's that's so true. Um, You know, oh. Another studio that can do this a lot of times is Universal. Um, that was kind of actually like their um, bread and butter was that they would release like B B level movie pictures, uh, and like it wouldn't have like A list talent, but you'd watch it because it was a comedy or an adventure story or a horror movie. Mm-hmm. And so that was that was literally their business model when they started out. And now you know because they're part they're partnered really closely with. Um, uh, Blumhouse like mm. they're them and Paramount seem to be the two studios where they're like okay this project doesn't need a leading actor or leading actress uh, so we'll make it for like under 60 million dollars and we'll see what happens and again I feel like at least because Jason Blum Jason Blum when he gives more than 20 million to a project it usually ends up being a good time at the movies Mm-hmm. And I feel like with Paramount, because they don't have like that producer, that producer who's well known in horror, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you'd never get that better controlling quality. But in any case, uh, see, how about we watch the trailer for Smile for fortunately the last time? Oh, we did it. <laughs> yeah. I hope we never have to see it again. And uh, then uh, let's give our review on the movie. Sounds good. Huh. What is it you like to talk about? My patient. Hi. I know you're nervous. I just want to have a chat. I'm seeing something no one else can see except for me. It's smiling at me. patient in your care died brutally in front of you. I need to find an explanation for what happened. It's smiling at me. It's smiling at me. cases involving 19 victims with a direct line linking them all together. You said only 19. Why is it that everybody else who's seen it is dead in your life? I've seen it too. You? Get away from me! How long between each victim's death? None of them survived longer than a week. Today's my fourth day. I am not gonna keep running. I have to face it. How does it make you feel? (laughs) 
I'm just really scared that something bad is going to happen. You know, I, I never have to again. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll never have to see that trailer ever again. You know, one of, one of the things that actually really annoyed me was that the final shot in the trailer in the movie proper is actually a really good scare. But mm-hmm. I, I don't know if this because we didn't see this movie together. I don't know mm-hmm. if this happened in your screening, but in my screening, people were kind of like, "Oh yeah, that." I felt like if that was never shown in the trailer that mm-hmm. that would have probably had gotten one of the bigger screams in the whole experience. But No, yeah, but then... You know, I don't yeah. work in PR, so what, what, what mm-hmm. the hell do I know? Um, so, yeah. Uh, More C, than the people who do. So, C, uh, your thoughts on the film? So, um, smile. So, let me first say that, obviously, as I said, I really thought this movie was going to be hot garbage. I really did. And then it comes out, and I, I look it up because I was trying to figure out like what we're gonna see next, and I see reviews for it, and they're not just good; they're very good. Like people are like, there's literally a review where it's the equivalent of what sa- acknowledging what I was worried about. It was basically saying, "Guys, it doesn't suck." And I'm like looking at this. I'm like, okay, let me check this out. So, yes, uh, as you said it or said earlier, we didn't see this together. Um, I was, so I'm sorry to interrupt, but originally I was just going to, you know, my, my, uh, my partner was basically, Hey, I want to see this movie. And it's so rare for them to want to see a movie that I was like, I told C I'm going to see this regardless. Um, but don't, don't take that as like, Oh, we have to review this, but but then you, you called Um, me and said, Hey, have you been listening to the reviews? (laughs) They've been like very, very like not great, but they've been very positive. And I said, well, okay, I guess we got to, we got to review this. Okay. Sorry. Uh, Zoom acted weird. Uh, So um, I see this and I was surprised. I, how do I put this? So taking into account the fact that it's basically a first time director um, and it's, as you mentioned, not really a big cast, you know, a concept that I thought was very silly. It was, it got me at times. It really did. And actually, some of the direction, some of the shot design was really good. It really worked. It it had a lot of tension build for, a sorry, a lot of built tension for good chunks of the movie. Um I'm I'm thinking of one thing I can say is the best comparison I can make, and you've mentioned this to me before, is uh, it's a lot like The Ring, where this character, through no fault of their own, stumbles on this thing, and now it's hunting them, and it's timed out, and the clock is ticking, and they have to figure out a way to stop it. Um, while it's getting worse and worse and worse and worse. So it really grabbed the attention there. Um, I will also add that while I don't know if it was always scary, but it was very often very creepy. Um, and it really effectively messed with your head. I'd say that this director definitely took a lot of inspiration from It Follows. 
Oh, um, definitely. That that was like, the that was the first film that came to mind uh, when as I was watching this, and I said, "Oh, this is like the It Follows rules, except it's with uh, it's with like violence instead of sex." Which <laughs> I hey. think that makes it a tad bit. I think that makes it a tad more unsettling. It does. It definitely does. And also, I think. So I really, okay, I love It Follows. I thought it's a great horror movie. But the ending to It Follows kind of, it holds its own, but it gets a little, it's, the ending to It Follows is the weakest part of the whole movie. It still works, but it's the weakest part. This was not the case. The ending works because you get the revelation, so there's a big revelation at the end for the character that you get, and you also get the a reveal that you, I don't think anyone was expecting, which was the, let's just call it the final form of this thing that's stalking her, which truly was a very disturbing design. Like, I saw, I remember you told me, it's like, oh, the, the final look of it is insane. And I see this thing and I'm like, holy shit, that yeah. is really fucked up. I don't know what the how the audience responded in your theater, but in my theater, there were like the loudest shrieks once the reveal happened. Yeah. And I, I got to admit, I didn't shrink shriek, but I was like in my mind, I said, like, you know, I, I could scream now and <laughs> my partner might be a little disappointed in me. But everyone else in the audience would be like, no, no, that's a very natural reason to scream at. It's quite quite the the just terrifying grotesque image and, and I, also I'm, the way it the way it uh it did its final act is all i'll say yeah was very that was and that was deeply unsettling yeah i i it wasn't a review but i remember just reading some tweets about the film and one uh, uh a film critic slash screenwriter who i really respect basically said that it it had that same punch of like that messed up images you saw a la Hereditary. And that's actually what got me excited about this film because, listen, mm. I never want to see Hereditary ever again, but I, <laughs> I, I can't deny that, that that was one of the few horror films where I was legitimately like, I, I don't like this. I'm scared. Well, but, also, her, for the record, Hereditary is more disturbing than Smile. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the thing I was going to say was that, like, it's not as intense disturbing or or like off-putting as hereditary or even midsummer um mm -hmm. but i mean it, it it holds its own i i mm -hmm. i gotta say the there were some images that i was like okay that's just eerie and i don't like it mm -hmm. um and eventually the <laughs> this is the weird thing and i don't know i don't know if you would agree with me see mm -hmm. isn't it crazy how like a shot is the shots of the smiles you would see in the trailer are, are kind of funny, but in the movie proper, yeah. you're like, uh, okay, stay away from me. The, well, the, the smiles yeah. like become like off putting. They do. And actually the, uh, here's the best example of that is the worst smile in the trailer is the one with the psychiatrist, but then it's actually very freaky in the movie. Oh yeah. But by, by far, I remember like, because, you know, uh, again, we've seen that trailer so many times that I immediately was like, oh, this is the scene with the with the psychiatrist smiling. Mm -hmm. And the way that scene played out, I was like, oh, shit, that's messed up. 
Um, but yeah, no, I, <laughs> you know, I like you mentioned before. See, uh, this this is the type of like I could not get the ring and the grudge out of my head. Well, the ring more than anything else, yeah. you know, where it's it's that subgenre of like it cursed, follows you. It, it, yeah, this cursed person uh, horror film, which. Like, if this had been released, like, in 2006 or 2007... Oh, it would have been huge. It would have been, been huge. It would have like, been... Gigantic. It, everybody in that movie, in this movie, would have been a star. And people would have been saying, like, this is the best. Because, you know, everybody would always call these movies J-horror copies. Mm-hmm. Someone would have... And if they weren't, like, direct adaptation of J-horror films, they were mm-hmm. like, well, we're trying to make a... We're, we're trying to make something that would be a J-horror film. Mm-hmm. And this feels that, feels that like... Uh, fills that uh, a niche, I guess you would say. But here's perfectly. the thing: it, it, even though it does fit that perfectly, I don't think it could have been made in 2006 because this also really, I can tell not just it follows in the ring, but this delves into a lot of the internet horror world as well, like a lot of the creepy pasta stuff. Yeah, like it really delves into that, and creepy pasta yeah, stuff yeah, really hadn't creepy pasta really hadn't been well developed. In the early 2000s. Yes, I'm sure it was out there, but not nearly to the degree it is now. Mm-hmm. And I think you needed that f- that bedrock of creepy internet stories. Because a lot of creepy internet stories, or creepypasta, as we all know, it's just some weird thing following you. Like a good example of this is um, Candle Cove or 1989, I think is what it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few others out there too, but it's very, there's a Slender Man-esque quality to this where oh, it's yeah, just this yeah, thing coming along, getting closer to you, but it's still defying all logic. Um, also for the record, the scene, so what really helped set the tone for this movie for me as well, which told me that this was going to be at least better than I thought it was going to be, was the opening shot. That was entirely human and entirely messed up and like got very weird eerie details about can i do you think i can okay spoiler you see a dead body in the first opening shot i won't say who but you see a dead body and there's this thing where the dead body's in a bed and you realize that there are dried tears coming from the bed right practically up to her eye and it's such a weird detail that I couldn't get out of me that I that really realized, okay, regardless of what I end up thinking of this movie, this director at least was passionate about it. Like you know, he, the, the, that same scene, the moment it started playing, I said to myself, you know, this the, the camera movement made me think of Hereditary and Midsummer, that Ari Aster. You know, like how Ari Aster kind of moves that camera like so dispassionately across like a, a messed up scene. And then we see something very disturbing. Well, he's also Ari Aster's very, he does a lot of static shots. Yeah. Like yeah. And, like this one, this one I thought of Ari Aster. I thought of the empty man. I thought of mm-hmm. a lot of those horror movies where they just do these very like dispassionate camera movement just to kind of give you an idea. And once you end up with the body, you, you have all the context of like, Oh, I, I think I got an idea of why why there's this body here um now speaking of bodies uh the cast so like like i said before 
no big names in this outside of Cal Penn, Rob Morgan, and I forgot to mention Judy Reyes is in this for like a scene. She plays uh she she was like one of the principal actors in uh Scrubs. Um Mm-hmm. I, I forgot the name of her character. Oh right, I f- you're right. That was her. Yeah, yeah. She she oh, plays the, she the, plays the yeah. wife of of Turk, which I'm yeah. so I'm so mad I forgot the name of her character. But anyway, um, so I think the 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 big biggest lifting outside of that first shot that you just described is done by this actress Caitlin Stassi who played Laura, the the you know and. And the way we're introduced to her is that it's basically this hovering camera shot as she's exiting an uh, ambulance. Mm-hmm. And you don't see, obviously, we're, we're so high up, you don't see her face. So she compensates by literally moving like if, like if she's gone insane. Mm-hmm. And the next time we see her is after we're introduced to uh, Susie Bacon's character, Rose. Mm-hmm. So, um, like I said before... The, all the principals in this project have basically only done television. Well, Jesse T. Usher did uh, did uh, that. Uh, the last um, uh, uh, oh God, what was it called? Um, Shaft movie. He plays the son of Shaft. Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah, but but they they're they're not like movie stars. They are people no. who do good work on TV. And Susie Bacon, I I gotta say, I don't know if you agree with me. See. I I think she's got some acting chops on her. I No, she does. She does. She's also she's So, I didn't realize until much later the who that was cuz I was like you're very distinctive looking and it's like, "Oh, it makes sense cuz Kevin Bacon's very distinctive looking, but she very much carries this I don't know what it was, but she somehow when she was in the room you know, in in one of the, you know, with with the lead character, mm-hmm. somehow she managed to give off this look, like the world was literally slowly crushing her. It's weird to describe, but she somehow managed to very effectively show just that weakness in her. There's body. this weariness like she, about her. Yeah, and it doesn't look forced either. It's like just like I don't know how and like her eyes just have this exhaustion. Like it was very impressive. And I'm like because you can see actors or actresses pretend to do it and you can tell they're like, Oh yeah, you're fine. But like she genuinely looked like she had been just worn out. I'm trying to find the best way to phrase this. Um, she, uh, she, like, okay. She looks a lot more mature than her, her age would suggest. Uh, there's uh. this weariness. There's this tiredness about her that, okay. So Susie Bacon's only 30 years old. Um, and the, not that it matters, but the character of Rose just comes off as someone who's who's just experienced so much more than a 30 year old ever would there's mm-hmm. a weariness there's a tiredness about her uh and once we we get hints of the, her backstory of her and her sister and we're like oh yeah that would age and 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 wear out anybody who had to suffer for that uh, their backstory basically is is that they were raised by a very like by a drug addict mm-hmm. uh, and they both have traumas about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and what Susie Bacon does so well is that she inhabits that weariness f- from the first scene. 
Mm-hmm. And then uh, the catalyst of the film happens where uh, the this character, Laura, basically kills herself in front of her. And I, and I got to say, the actress who plays Laura, Caitlin Stacy, like for the little bit you see her, she dominates like the camera. She's, she does such a well, good job. I, I hope this movie gets her more roles because it seems like before this, all she's really done is like bit parts on TV shows and short films. No, no, she'll, she'll be remembered as because her face is the face that's been used yeah. for most of the posters. Yeah. So she'll do fine. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. Because this is, this is the type of actor where you're like, oh, get them now because, you know, they're they're going to be... I, I really do think they're going to be in demand. And I also think someone like Susie Bacon is going to be really in demand. Oh, yeah. Um, Susie Bacon, that vulnerability she shows, that, like, erraticness of, like, not being able to process trauma. Like, these are... These are... This is... Listen, this movie may not have cost $100 million to make, but it deals with some heavy stuff, you know, that in order for this to play real to the audience, the actor who has to inhabit these heavy, heavy emotional moments, they have to be up to the task, you know? Mm. There's a there's a scene where um and just so just so C can have reference for what I'm talking about. There's mm-hmm. a scene involving giving a gift. Oh sorry. And Go on. L- listen, it the way the scene plays out on paper, man, you gotta make sure that everyone's on their A game because it can come off as silly. It can come mm. off as silly and and you can get people laughing, right? Yeah. Um, but she plays it so real, and the extras and the supporting cast. Uh, How'd they I, do that in front of the kids? I'm trying to figure that part out. Well, I, I, I I'll tell you after the podcast how they did it. And there is okay. actually something funny. I would love to talk to you about that off off cam or off mm. off the mic. But sure. anyway, uh, Susie Bacon has to sell this as 100% real. And she does. And mm-hmm. again, I don't know about you, see, but in my screening, nobody, there was never a laugh. There was never a like, oh, that's silly. Everybody was just horrified. And that just shows you that this, this actress, she's got, she's got like, she, there, Susie Bacon will probably have a more artful career than her, her dad ever had. Um, she'll probably, but she'll probably have more of the leading roles than her mother ever had. Yeah, that, that, can, that's that's my opinion. I can see that. Now, so we've been giving this movie a lot of praise, but let's talk about some of the issues we had. Um, for me, I think the biggest flaw of this movie, and let me be clear, a movie, a horror movie, is allowed to do this, but this movie had a few too many, and that is jump scares. Like there, there's no other way to put it. There was so see. Let me ask you this: Do you think there's such a thing as a good jump scare? Yeah, of course. There's a good. There are good jump scares. Like there so, you you, you would can, you would say that a jump scare is a legitimate way to uh, to scare your audience in a horror film? Look, jump scares are like salt. Eventually, you'll add too much to a dish. Oh, oh, I like ju- just just to be clear, I'm on the same wavelength as you. No, I I, I think. I, I really don't like it when people give horror films a bad review because they're like, oh, it's jump scares. It's like, well, listen, um, having a jump scare in and of itself isn't a sin. 
Which... Actually, the the Grudge has a really good one, like a really oh, yeah, good the, one. The Grudge has a really really good one. Uh, both versions of the Grudge, in fact. Yep. But 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 this, regardless of that, this still had just a few too many. It really did. I I agree with you. I would say though that while like, because here's the thing about jump scares, like the best ones, the best ones, um, you, 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 obviously every scare has to be set up, but the Mm -hmm. best jump scares in my experience have been the ones where you did not realize you were watching a setup, right? Mm -hmm. Like you realize when you think back on it, it's like, Oh my gosh, it was setting me up for the jump scare. I didn't realize that this Mm -hmm. film, like you, you immediately can tell, Oh, this is a setup. Oh, this is setting up for a jump scare. Oh, it's I, I can tell it's coming. Oh, it came. Oh, mm-hmm. it was a little scary. Mm-hmm. But so I could always tell the setups. And eventually when you can always tell, you're like, all right, you, you're doing like 10 and 10 and 15 minutes. There, oh, OK, it was never that much. But, you know, yeah. you're like, OK, it's been like seven jump scares and it's only been 20 minutes. OK, guys, you got to got to got to use something else in your bag of tricks. Mm-hmm. Um, now, let me ask you this. I not that I'm counting it against the movie, but my first thought when the film was over was that like, this film is predictable. Like you, you know exactly where it's gonna go. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if if you've seen the Ring, if you've seen the Grudge, you know where this film's gonna go. Where you're like, mm-hmm. okay, this this person's cursed and this thing's coming after it. There's only one of two options. Mm-hmm. And like, eventually you're like, okay, it's going to go with the, it's going to go with the second, op- it's going to go with the second more obvious option. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the movie, I thought, I remember telling my partner, you know, it, I was scared. I was disturbed, but I never for one second thought, I wonder how this film's going to end. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you agree with that uh, assessment? A hundred percent. I I knew, I knew so there's a thing that happens at the end and I'm like, no, no. And then it keeps going and you're like, all right, yeah. And it's just, you knew that was going to happen because, and here's the thing. It is unfortunate because I think the director genuinely thought that we were going to be surprised. And I hope that's not too much of a spoiler, but it 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 wasn't surprising. It's just, there was nowhere else for that for that to happen you know i've seen i've we've the thing and this is not the director's fault he's simply he's simply taking inspiration from the things he's grown up but we're now in an era where we are we have grown up with a lot of the same films that have inspired other directors so we are now starting to see the things that other directors are picking up on whereas before when when it was older directors, we necessarily weren't. We may have known the movie, but we weren't as connected. But this is a good example where we are really in tune with what they're using. So the ending that they ended up going with, though it's we we've seen before, to to put it. I mean, like it, it's just a different coat of paint, but it's the same. It's the same uh, building. Yeah. You know, I, I. W- I mean, just by the fact that we were calling this one of those like 
like the person is cursed horror movies. Yeah. Most of our listeners, most anyone who's ever seen this type of movie is like, well, there's only one of two ways this can end. Yeah. And, you know, at that point you're like, well, the, the only question would be like, would be like, what's going to be the variation of the ending Mm -hmm. Um, for, for a film like hereditary, the, the thing you were thinking of like, is like, well, who's gonna, who's going to be possessed by the demon Mm -hmm. is kind of what everyone was thinking in the ring you were like well how is the person going to end up with the? how's the next person going to end up with the tape yeah, who's getting it next you yeah know. yeah exactly and and that, I, i'm not like and I, I don't think you are either i'm no. not discounting that from the movie it's not it's not a sin no but it, it is one of those things where you're like I don't know if the if the director because he also wrote this. I don't know if the mm-hmm. director was just being like, "This is my first studio movie. I don't want to rock the boat." Driving true ending. And listen, like I understand, I understand. It's just one of those things where I'm like, I I really doubt anyone would come out of this movie going like, "I was not expecting that ending." It's like no. It's like bullshit. Yeah, you were. Yeah. The the only thing that I wills credit against the movie is that outside of Susie Bacon and you know the 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 scene stealers in this case uh Rob Morgan, Caitlin Stacy, um Judy Reyes has actually I think a really good scene. Outside of her, you know, Jesse T. Usher as her fiance, Kyle Gallner as the cop slash ex-boyfriend, um uh, the 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 actors who played the sister and the brother-in-law they're they're not particularly engaging performances like no. honestly i was actually at the end of the movie i thought to myself like why would jesse t usher sign on to do this like they're, they're, he's really not doing much of anything except be skeptical which you know i'm like well you're gonna transition from tv to movies you would think you want to do something that has a bit more meat on its bones uh sure. and then kyle galdner like listen i i've not seen him in anything else but i honestly thought he was like the weakest link in terms of the cast like he basically plays like an ex-boyfriend who also happens to be the cop assigned to the case so you think he was weaker than the fiance uh yeah because listen jesse t usher is actually a good actor and the thing my, my issue with him wasn't that I was like, I don't believe you as a fiance. My issue was that I was like, I just, I just don't know why you're being used in this way. Like, mm. like for instance, he's basically his character is there just to be skeptical, which I'm like, well, the sister's already there. I, mm. I don't, it's, it's kind of redundant. And you know, he, he, this isn't a spoiler, but he disappears after the second act. And mm. then, uh, the cop character I, I just don't particularly think it was a particularly believable performance. Like he never came off as a cop. He came off as a, Oh, what did my partner say that I was like, I totally agree with that. He, he came off more like a bartender. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, okay. But, I like that. And in, in, in the weakest scene in the movie, Scotch uh, whiskey, Miranda writes what you want. <laughs> Jesus Christ. In the, in the weakest scene in the movie for me, it's like Rose asks him to like look into other 
crimes that are similar. And then and he just does. It's so he, just, was little, he, he, he just does it. He basically pulls out a laptop that just has like the logo of the police precinct. Yeah. And ball. he just pretty much just Googles it. And like it was, you know, on a on a narrative level, it's such a weak scene because it's like this is just the prerequisite exposition of like this is how else many times it's happened. A lot of horror movies have that scene. Yeah. Usually the trick is to find the most creative way of revealing try, that and trying to get a scare out of You know what movie did that exposition scene really well? Uh see? What? Last night in Soho when the lead when the lead Actually, is trying yeah. to figure out is trying to figure out like who else has been going through this? Mm-hmm. And like Edgar Wright makes it a point to use that scene to turn it into a, a scare. And it's really well done. It's, it, it's, it would be better, though, if the things that were scary weren't were scary. That was the only issue. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I totally agree with you there. But, it, like, Edgar Wright took a scene that, like, a horror movie is almost, like, required to have and tried to get a scare out of it. In this, the, the writer-director just Which, for goes, the record, like, we haven't seen since Ghostbusters, by the way. That's true. That's true. That may have been his inspiration, but that's a different thing. Yeah. Um... And in, in this scene, it's like, hey, we're basically going to do a glorified Google search. And, oh, I can also pull up videos and uh, yeah. pull up uh, uh, witness statements. And There's it was... a moment. Okay, I will I will admit there's one moment that I um, laughed for a moment where she was like, what, what's the video? And he just goes, it's loading. But he says it in a really dramatic way. <laughs> it's, yeah. And it, it, I just went, I, it was like a slight, huh, like I just went like that. But think about it. It's like if you have to imagine being told as an actor, you need to say it's loading, like in a very serious, scared way. No, that's for, not, for me. No. Like I knew he, like I already knew he was going to be the weakest link. Uh, so he, they have a scene where he's basically interviewing uh, Susie Bacon's character over what just happened, mm-hmm. and then he pops up in a second scene where where they have to explain. Oh, they used to date. And it's so awkwardly, there's a good joke in there at the end, but it's so awkwardly done that I was like, okay, the writer director wants to establish that this cop and her have history. So he's going to be the cop that follows her along. And wow, he's just not really good at this. Like, I'm not, not, you know, I'm not an actor. Ride along three, the smile. (laughs) But I just didn't, uh, I I, I really didn't buy it. Um, so So... uh, sorry, go on. <laughs> uh, so, see, ultimately, what what's what's your final thoughts and your rating? So, I actually do give this a movie. Um, it's when taking into account that it's a directorial debut, that I really thought it was going to be just hot shit, hot <laughs> hot shit on the stick, and not in a good way. And with all the aspects of it that worked, but at the same time, I have to remember that this wasn't groundbreaking. This wasn't even my favorite horror movie of the year so far. Um, it had a lot of genre trappings, like quite a few. So so you got all that going against it, but then just the sheer shock of that that I that it was not bad. Plus first time director make it be like, you know what? To the to this to this director, he made a movie. He really did. Um, I, I guess I like this a bit more than you, cause I'm going to give it, it's a, it's a fine movie, 
Okay. Um, not groundbreaking, not something you need to, th- this is a fine movie to see. Like when you're like, Hey, it's, it's October. We want to see it. We want to go out and see a scary movie. Actually, um, yeah. th- this... perfect movie to play on Halloween night, actually. Well, it's still in theaters. <laughs> like yeah. next year out. Oh next yeah. Year. Yeah. 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 No, totally. Um, yeah. oh, and by the way, uh, this is a great movie to go. Should you see it in theaters? Yes, but with friends. Bring a lot of friends. That's yeah, bring that. a friend. Um, if you guys, if you guys uh, are like brave enough, watch it like in the latest showing possible. Mm. Uh, like you're not going to regret play, paying the full ticket price for this. No. Uh, but if you have one of those like AMC or Regal like watch three movies a week type deals, like you're definitely going to be like, oh, this was totally worth using one of those slots. Um, I really, really liked uh, Susie Bacon's performance in this. I, I or I really liked her acting in this. I think this is someone who can very, very easily become the next big uh, Hollywood thing. Um, and yes, it prob- she probably got to where she is because of nepotism, but the, the skills are there. Sometimes uh, nepotism works, guys. No, I'm yeah, sometimes. Kidding. Sometimes, uh, sometimes. This, this, like, the scene stealers in this movie are really good. Uh, again, Caitlin Stacy, Rob Morgan, Judy Reyes, Robin Weigert, who plays the the psychiatrist. Uh, outside of the scene stealers, you know the supporting cast is a little meh, but whatever. You know, like mm-hmm. you're you're just happy you get competent acting in these mm-hmm. mid level horror movies. Um, you know, the creature I thought was sufficiently scary. Uh, like, the scares are well done. Mm-hmm. Um, there, no, none of them are new, and sometimes uh, the filmmakers lean too much on jump scares, but they're well done. And again, for for a, a you know a a quote unquote big horror movie release, because again, this is released by Paramount, not by any smaller studio. You you take what you can get, and I'm re- like again, this isn't like to the level of Paramount's last big horror hit, uh, The Quiet Place, uh, but you'll go in and you're like oh wow that was actually a pretty pretty good time and i do you think paramount is going further into horror because of a quiet place they're like oh we can maybe do more of this i i just think you know they they're like okay what can we spend like not a ton of money on because paramount has no superhero properties so Mm. they really can only lean on genre so i can i can see them being like hey if if, if we genuinely think this is a comedy, a kid's movie, a horror movie, uh, that a rom-com that audience will be happy to see, we'll, we'll pay like under 60 million for it and we'll make our money. You know, right now their only big franchises are Star Trek, Sonic the Hedgehog, and I don't know what else. Um, at this point it's sonic yeah but but you know they're like they they have to at least be the type of movie that somebody would after they leave they'll be they'll text their friend and be like hey you know that smile movie that they kept playing trailers over and over again is actually uh quite good so yeah you know well uh that about does it um so yeah go check out smile in theaters while you can and um this has been what do you think I'm Al. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) This has been What Do You Think? I'm Al. I'm C. Make sure to take your meds so that you don't uh, forget who you are. Good night, everybody.